Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today, we're talking about the power of human dignity. And if you want employees who are motivated, they're engaged, man, they are putting in the work and they are crushing it, I'll go and tell you that the answer isn't just giving them more stuff. It's definitely not micromanaging them. It's all about embracing their value as a human being, and more importantly, recognizing and understanding this concept of human dignity. All that and more on today's episode. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. All right. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the show today. I really appreciate it. I'm your host, Blake. I run a business called Good Advice and the whole aim of the business, the aim of the podcast is to give you good advice for you and your business. I put out a an article on LinkedIn and it's got some great traction on it, but I, I put out an article a couple of days ago called Embracing the Power of Human Dignity. And I I wrote this article because I was thinking quite a bit about management, leadership. Uh, I had been in a couple of conversations with people who had been managing and uh, had had some difficulties with their employees. And more importantly, I've also been following this anti-work meme culture. (laughs) I mean, there's a legitimate anti-work Uh, momentum movement happening right now, which if I can break this down for you, this, this isn't like a, nobody wants to work anymore kind of deal. It's, it's basically a social media thing where people are posting stories of their bad bosses. They're posting emails. Uh, One, for example, and this is actually probably what got me started on this podcast episode it's been a couple of things. Actually, I was sitting down with the guy for coffee, uh, just this last week. And he was talking about his years of experience. He, he worked, he was a, a, uh, manager in a, uh, factory, basically a manufacturing plant. And he talked about how, you know, with the people on the line, people on the floor, people who work for him, he just treated them with, with common human respect and dignity. And I, I almost kind of laughed because, this stuff is so basic and so easy to conceptualize, like to, to understand. And yet we all have that story of the boss who didn't do this, who talked to us like we were children, who didn't empower us, uh, who tried to withhold information. I had a friend of mine who she was an amazing professional whose job was basically to do event planning for this organization. And so she stepped in. It was like one of her, you know, the start of her um, time with this business. And she was planning this big event with some local businesses. And her boss basically said, whoa, whoa, whoa what are you doing? I, who, who told you to organize that? And she was like, well, uh, well, our other boss had told me we needed to make this happen. 
And she's like, well, hang on, hang on. I'm not comfortable with you doing this yet. Um, I'm going to handle the event planning for the next three to four, three or, you know, however many months. And I want you to just sort of listen and learn. Imagine now, now you may be listening to this and thinking like, okay, yeah, I can kind of get someone being on training, being onboarded. And I'm not, I'm not speaking against that. I mean, absolutely. You want to onboard people, you know, my last business, because I didn't really know the, the culture of the business or rather like how we do our business. I needed to sit and listen a bit to be able to understand like when our logo is branded on the work that we do, this is then what the experience should look like. So I'm not speaking against that, but this is someone who is hired to run events. You are paying them to run events and yet you are upset when they try to do the job that they were hired to do, which is a a bit different from learning the culture, learning the vibe of the business and simply how we do business. And so she found herself saying, why did you hire me? Why am I in this position? If you want me to not do the job for the foreseeable future. And this manager responded, it's because you haven't earned my trust yet, so I'm not going to trust you with that set of responsibilities. Now, when we talk about culture, when we talk about management, I think sometimes it gets this bad rap of being overly fluffy. We're talking about the inspirational boss, the person who changed our life. And no doubt, many of you have that story. You have that person who has impacted you. But at the end of the day, good leadership and good management is profitable for the business. That's why it's worth investing into. When you have employees who are quitting in mass, who are quitting over and over again, or in fact, I put up a picture several months ago of a local store that my wife and I went to, and there was a sign on the door. Like I pulled on the the handle and it didn't budge. And I thought, that's weird. And I noticed the sign, this printed out sign on the door that said, because of bad management, we've all decided to walk out. Like you're, you're costing your business money when you don't understand good management. It's not about fluffy feelings. It's not about inspiration. It's about understanding that taking care of your people has a direct line to the success and profitability of your business. That's why that's why you should care about it other than yeah, on top of that, just being a good person, you know, taking care of the people who are working for you. Uh, and you know, we'll we'll talk more about that in this episode. So, you know, you have this person who is basically bleeding money for their business because they've hired on this person. They've gone through the whole interview process. This obviously isn't the first person they interviewed. They have a handful of people that they've interviewed and they say yes to this person, my friend, they onboard her, they bring her in, she gets all of her documents, all that stuff. And then two, three, four. And in this case of this event, she had been with the business for two months at this point. So you're two months in and someone's telling you, Hey, Hey, don't do your job because I don't trust you yet. How much ego do you have to have to be able to say that? And again, thinking about the money you're wasting for your business because of said ego. So today I want to talk about the value of understanding human dignity, the value of embracing human dignity. Cause I've been thinking about stories like that. I was thinking about the, the friend that I sat down and had coffee with this last week, who was talking about his management experience uh, on the plant floor. 
And again, not overly complicated, but as I was listening to him, I was thinking, this is someone who saw value in his employees regardless of their position, regardless of their title, probably talked to them like they were equals, probably gave them his time of day rather than I'm on my way out. I got more important things to do. Pretty simple stuff. And yet incredibly impactful on the business overall. So I'm thinking about that person and I'm just thinking about, you know, these, these, you've probably seen it yourself, like these stories, not just of the one I mentioned where people are walking out of their businesses, where people are quitting. You're seeing all sorts of conversation on hiring, like how do I hire great people? And sure, there is a, there is an expertise that comes in hiring good people. Uh, in fact, with my customers, this is a conversation we have, actually, because in many cases, they are scaling, they're growing. It's someone taking their side hustle or hobby or small business that was just them, and now it has this momentality to it, this excitement of, we're going to grow, maybe we're going to open a new location, maybe we're going to launch a new product. You know, We're expanding this thing in some way, and so naturally have to bring on new talent, so we have these conversations often and there is there is an expertise that goes in there. There is a, an intentionality. Like we don't, um, a friend of mine, he, as a friend, a person I saw on Facebook was hiring and he posted the position and basically under that wrote, I need someone who can do everything, bookkeeping, customer service, sales, accounting, uh, handling emails. And I thought this person has bottled every position you would need in a business all into one. And I remember laughing and thinking, you're not gonna be able to find this person because they, if this person exists, they deserve a lot more money than you're probably willing to pay them for. <laughs> so there is, a, there is a, a purpose and an intentionality between how do you hire well? How do you do well? So I don't want to discount any of that today, but I've been thinking about how do you simply be a good boss? How do you bring on employees and help them feel empowered and a sense of belonging and my work matters here and they feel like they're making a difference and they say to themselves like their, their spouse or a loved one, or they run into their neighbor and that person says, Hey, Hey, you, you got that new job. How are you liking that job? And for that person to say, Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I love this place. Better yet for someone to say, this is my dream job. That was my, that was my last business. Actually, I started working for this company and I remember someone asked me, I've been there for a few months and they said, Hey, how you liking that new job? And I said, dude, it's my dream job. It is my dream job. Like think about if your employees said that about your business, now, naturally, um, we don't want things to get cultish. I think people who work for me, I don't necessarily want all of them to feel like this is the best job they've ever had, but I do want them to be, I want, I do want working for me to be up there with any other best job they've ever had. I, I want the experience they have with good advice to be, you know what? It wasn't what I was going to do long-term, but the time I spent there was transformational for my professional journey. It, it helped me recognize my value as an individual contributor. Like these are things that I think about when I think about people who, people who will work for me, what I want them to walk away with. So I was thinking about this and turning it over my head and I was talking with people and I was thinking, okay, how do you find that person? 
How do you find that employee? And I think a lot of times we, we assume that that is a sub 1% of the workforce that's out there. It's like, oh, that's the superstar that I'm never going to get. Or I'm have to pay a fortune to get that person. When realistically, I think people rise to the level we expect from them. And I don't mean that in the sense of um, the crazy micromanaging boss who, you know, has insane expectations, you know, is really pushing and driving on their employees and is burning people out. I don't mean that. But what I do mean is I think that, you know, when we think about the average employee, I think the average employee is capable of some pretty incredible things when we do certain things that create an environment for them to flourish in. So I was thinking that over in my head and I was processing it and being like, okay, how do, how do I find these people? How do you find these people? How do you nurture their development? And how do you essentially have a business with highly motivated rock star employees? There's a lot of minutia to it. There's a lot of um, technicality to it, I think, from like, how do you do interviewing and, you know, the position, how you describe it, stuff like that. But the one simple factor I keep coming back to is human dignity. You have to treat people in a way where you recognize their human dignity. And that's why I wrote this article. Cause I was thinking about this more and more and I was like, okay, what is it about great businesses that they do right with their employees? And what is it about businesses that don't do well, that they do wrong with their employees? So let's break this down a little bit. Human dignity is very simply put, it's recognizing the intrinsic value of someone. When you meet someone when you recognize their dignity, when you embrace their dignity, you recognize that they are a human being with intrinsic value. That word intrinsic means that it's, it's not a value that I place on them. They haven't earned it in terms of like achievements, but the fact that they are a human soul, a human being means they have value. And getting this backwards, like if you don't, if you think about this from the other side, if we talk about the achievement conversation, then all suddenly rich people have more value than poor people. Suddenly, um, you know, someone who's won an award is worth more than the person who's never won anything. And I'm not, I'm not discounting that there are different people in our society who contribute in various levels to the overall success of our country, of the world, what have you. What I will say, though, is that people have a natural, a, a God-given, um, it's owed to every person to recognize that value, to recognize that sense of dignity. So here's some ways this thing plays out. If, before we get back into the management conversation, it's kind of like if you've ever like helped out like on a food line or like a food truck, 
um, where people or people are coming to get a free meal from you and someone like, let's say you're serving something, uh, I don't know, potatoes, carrots, and something else. I don't know what, and someone comes through your line and they say, Oh, I, I I'm allergic to potatoes or actually let's make this a better, let's make a, maybe even more controversial example. Someone says, Hey, can I get, can I get extra carrots? I don't like potatoes. You know, can I get a double serving of carrots? I don't like potatoes. You know, you could react in a couple of ways. Hopefully the way you'd react is of course. Yeah. These, these carrots are amazing. I here you go. Here, here's a double portion. Hey, enjoy them. Hey, what's your name? Great. But I know that other people have reacted in ways of, and, and a lot of times we don't say these things out loud. Sometimes we just think them, but I've heard people make comments in these situations. Like, I can't believe that person asked for double carrots. Like, do they know that we are providing this for free for them? How dare they? I mean, I, I mean, it's kind of like when you go to a, a food bank and someone is, has a preference on the food that they want and the employee responds with, you know, you should just be glad you have food. You should take what we give you. See, when we don't really understand the concept of human dignity, we point our nose down on people. We judge them or harsh against them. And we limit really, um, their, their owed authority and influence. You know, we limit their, um, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. We limit acknowledging, we don't acknowledge their humanness, I guess, which when I think of being human, I think of you have the right to choose things, do things, have opinions. <laughs> so recognizing and embracing the human dignity of one another means seeing that intrinsic value despite who that person is, what they've accomplished, what they've done, their gender, their sexuality, none of whatever, you know, hot button issues matter in this, in this situation. We're talking about recognizing that every single person has a soul and is valuable. Every person is valuable. So I've been thinking about what makes a great boss and tying it back to my friend who was having that cup of coffee with me, who was talking about his management philosophy. I think good bosses understand this concept really well. They understand and they embrace, they acknowledge each person's human dignity. You know, the new, the, the new employee comes in. And instead of thinking like, oh, that person has to earn their way, I'm going to haze them a bit. I'm going to mess with them a bit. You know, I'm not going to trust them because they haven't earned my trust. My trust is more valuable than their trust. You know, when we don't do this well, you get a micromanager. You get um, a slow business. Again, tying this to the outcomes of the business. We're not talking about just fluffy stuff. I'm not talking about, wow, I love that job. I was, it was so meaningful. I hope that happens for all your employees, but bear in mind, we're talking about the success of the business. It's, it can't be slow. It can't be agile. If you can't trust your employees, 
And ultimately, I think, I think not doing this well is the source of micromanagement. Because why does a boss micromanage? A boss micromanages because at the end of the day, they are enable, they're incapable of trust. Not like a deep-rooted inability to trust, but I am incapable. I'm able to say I'm going to delegate to you, but I'm going to watch every single aspect of how you do that job because I don't trust that you can get it done. I don't believe that you're capable of doing it. See, we're talking about these layers beneath the surface of not just someone's humanness, their humanity, but, you know, and I guess the reason why this is so, you know, we talk a lot on the podcast about how nothing is really overly complicated. And yet there are these concepts that are so rarely demonstrated, but I I think the reason this is so tangible to me is I had a mentor when I was younger and it was a, a work environment where it was very much, um, professional development oriented, um, internally staff were constantly being trained and developed, and it could be a little bit of a harsh environment of coming face to face with your lack, with what you don't have. And it could be a bit exhausting of here's another conversation of, something I need to work on, something I need to develop. And I'll go and say this right out. This is one of the best jobs I've ever had. Uh, who I am today is deeply connected to the training and development I received at that job. But I had this boss there, um, one of the best bosses I've ever had, one of the most influential mentors I've ever had. And it has always stuck with me, his line his quote, and he had this on, I remember walking into his office, he had this framed on the wall and it, it spoke to me the first time I saw it. And then I'd heard him mentioned it a couple of times. So I knew this wasn't like one of those quotes that go on a wall and it never gets talked about. This was something he lived, but the quote was see the greatness before the lack. I think that is embracing human dignity. You know, it's not just like, oh yeah, you're human. I'm not going to spit on you or yell at you, but I recognize your value intrinsically to you. I recognize your value. And from that, all the things you can accomplish, what you're capable of, the good that you can do. And so now the management conversation flips because now it's less about how do I keep you under control or make sure you don't ruin my business? You know, you're an idiot, all that random, stupid manager stuff. Now it flips to, I see all those things you're capable of. So how do I get out of the way? More importantly, how do I feed the fire of all the great things that you can accomplish? How do I remove obstacles? How do I remove, remove boulders in the road so that you can continue to drive towards, you know, both a mutually, you know, success for your position, but also wherever you want to go in your career. See, when you understand it that way, now the management conversation flips and it's not about how do I take crummy employees and get the most out of them? It's, it's, it's you begin to understand the servant side of leadership. Now I get, what does it mean for me to serve you, to support you? You know, as a boss, it's not, let me give out the orders and then I tag the email with, and let me know if you need anything. 
And then I get annoyed when someone asks a question. Now it's my job now is beyond uh, just doling out orders and see, now I'm meeting with my employees. I'm connecting with my employees. I'm having one-on-ones with my employees because I'm trying to make sure that all of that talent and ability that's welling up inside of someone actually comes out and actually gets demonstrated. And so I become passionate. I become passionate about meeting with my people because I know intrinsically what they're capable of. That's good leadership. And I bet if you can think of an amazing boss you've had who changed your life, that was someone who understood that concept. So when you think about your team members, then even as you're listening to this podcast, you might be thinking like, well, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to sit down with people. I don't have time to have conversations. Then you don't have time to be a leader. I had a boss one time who described it as bosses who don't do these things, who don't have these kinds of conversations, who don't see their team members this way. They're, they're a glorified micromanager and they're not doing their job. When you say yes to leadership, this is what you're saying yes to. This is what the life of a real leader looks like. And the last piece of advice I have with this is remember something. And this is going to be so simple when I say it, and you're going to know it. But then again, when it's demonstrated, when you walk it out, it's hard. Remember that it's not about you. So being a good boss is not to in turn have someone tell you how amazing you are. That is a byproduct. It's the fruits of your labor. I tried my hardest and someone said, yeah, you were a good boss. Hey, I remembered you. You changed my life. You're the best boss I ever had. You know, whatever the comet is. These things are really cool to hear. I've heard them. I've heard them before. People have told them to me. People have said to me, you are the best boss I've ever had. I've had people tell me you've changed my life. But that wasn't, I didn't do what I did. You know, seeing that fire, that spark inside of someone. I didn't do that to be told that. And I will tell you, it strokes the ego. I've had to keep that in check where I've had to check my motive to make sure that it was genuine and altruistic. And I really am putting that person for, for uh, first. But the reason I remind you that it's not about you is because no matter how hard you try and no matter how great of a job you try to do the job of leadership, there'll just will always be people who don't think you were a good boss. It just is what it is. And in that right, I've had people say to me, you were the worst boss I ever had. And it, it may be true. It could be that I just, I didn't connect well. I didn't do a good job. I misunderstood how to best support that person. And these are things, these are criticisms that you take to heart in the sense of you eat the fish, you spit out the bones and you think about the next day. What do you do differently? Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy the podcast, you can check out our Patreon where you can support the podcast. It's at patreon.com slash good advice. And also, uh, my dog is growling in the background. I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> and also, uh, hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope this has been practical and tangible for you. And more importantly, I wish you well on your leadership journey. All of your people have intrinsic value. What are you going to do to embrace that? Hey, we'll have more episodes coming later in the week. Stay tuned. That's today's good advice. See ya.